Welcome to Writers on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and I'm proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Every episode of this podcast will bring in experts and authors to help writers of all genres compose more authentic cops, crimes, and criminals in their stories. For this episode, the acclaimed bestseller Greta Boris steps into the interrogation room to get her story straight. Greta writes the Seven Deadly Sins series about ordinary women and unexpected evil, as well as a series of standalone psychological suspense novels that expose the dark side of sunny Southern California. Greta is a popular conference speaker and best-selling nonfiction author of two titles, The Wine and Chocolate Workout, Sip, Savor, and Strengthen for a Healthier Life, and Publish, Take Charge of Your Author Career, the latter of which is co-authored with Megan Haskell. Greta has also co-authored The Author Wheel, a site for writers on writing. Her latest fiction is entitled Mortuary School, and it begins a new series with a new heroine. The book is currently available as part of the forthcoming Dead Silent box set. Uh, Greta, I am so grateful for you joining Writers on the Beat today. It's an honor to have you here, and thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks for having me. I, I feel like I'm the one being honored. <laughs> I love mutual admiration societies. Uh, yes. For uh, your contribution to this upcoming uh, Dead Silent box set, uh, you've written a, a, a story called Mortuary School. And for the audience who doesn't have the benefit of getting a, an advanced copy or sneak peek at this, what do you want them to know about this story? Well, this, uh, it's a novella, and it is set in a brand new world uh, that I'm, a series that I'm starting to write. I had written the first book in the series, and, um, but planning to publish everything toward the end of 2021, and this novella is kind of like a little entryway into the series, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's a little, it's dark, it's much more dark humor than my other books, which are more serious. And it's about a, a young woman who is a kind of rockabilly hairdresser. And uh, in book one, she gets called to a mortuary to do the hair and the makeup of one of her clients who's just died. And she discovers she has this really strange gift. When she touches the hair of dead people, she gets their final emotions. And if they've been murdered, that can be, that can send her down a dangerous path. So uh, in mortuary school in the novella is, she decides to go to mortuary school to become a real mortician. And uh, of course her gift gets in the way. And it was just a lot of fun, kind of a Halloween type story. Mm -hmm. And I had a blast with it. Now this is an incredibly original story which uh an original character which as a writer is so difficult to come up with um you know there's only what seven actual stories in in fiction but to create an original character is incredibly difficult especially when the marketplace is becoming more and more crowded and i really think you've done that here oh well you know i love her she she's inspired by um my goodness, Caitlin Dowdy, who's a real woman, a real mortician, and she has a, a YouTube channel show called Ask a Mortician, mm -hmm. and uh, it's just very accurate, and there's a lot of uh, interesting things about burial customs and 
around the world and in all kinds of like uh, body forensic corpse stuff, which I love. And, um, but she's also funny. And so <laughs> I, I know. And so I just got in, just enamored with this girl. Anyway, she's great. So my character was sort of inspired by her, but of course, you know, as characters do, they become their own person and run off and do different things and shock you, all that good stuff. Yeah, and I, I think that's an unexpected uh, uh, part of her personality, having uh, just learned of her myself. But I, I think finding a mortician with a sense of humor is not what we would expect. I think I, <laughs> no. we would all expect them to, you know, to be very, very formal and very proper and, you know, uh, fairly humorless, um, despite uh, shows like Six Feet Under from all those years ago. Yeah, so this is this is sort of my... Uh, I wanted to write um, a series because my my Seven Deadly Sins series is a series, obviously, but each book has its own protagonist it, because it's a domestic suspense and each character is um, sort of an every man or every woman character. So like book one in that series has uh, the main character is a real estate agent um, who finds a body in her and you know you just can't have real estate agents finding dead bodies every few months it's, mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> unrealistic so you have to have a, a different character main character for every book mm -hmm. um so i really wanted to write a series with the in the traditional sense with the same main character um and i but i didn't want to do a police procedural because that's a lot of work. I, mm -hmm. I've never been a police a policeman, and I, I think it's so easy to do it wrong uh, if you haven't experienced that life. Um, I didn't want to do a coroner or medical examiner because I think it's been done a lot and by people who actually were coroners and medical examiners. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to think what hasn't been done, um, and that's where I got the idea for uh, Imogene Lynch, who is my character in Mortuary School, in that series I'm starting. Now, it's almost like you're reading off my notepad here, but uh, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about actually is that topic that, looking at your background, um, having never worked as a mortician, as a cop, as an investigator, um, how do you go about uh, making sure, doing enough research to make sure that, um, that you get a lot of those details right? Well, if, for one thing, with most of my books, um, they're very much from the point of view and the focus of a main character who, like I said, is in every woman. And each one has a different career. So real estate, that my husband's a, a commercial broker, so that was easy. Um, the next one, she works in a Pilates studio, and I worked in lots of Pilates studios. So, I, I, you know, there was that part, the career of the character I knew. And then um, in terms of the crime aspects, uh, I, I have a friend who is my go-to guy, Joe De Lauderanti. He has a couple of, uh, he calls them fictional nonfiction because he's kind of fictionalized some of his cases over the mm -hmm. years. And he was in law enforcement for 40 years and now he teaches criminal justice and forensic science. So he's the guy I go to and I, I, as I mentioned before we started recording, funny 
story, which I think is funny now, but I did not at the time. Mm -hmm. I was writing book three of The Seven Deadly Sins, and I, I had a character that I needed to get out of the way because I needed his daughter to be alone to experience, to get herself in trouble. So I thought, oh, I'll just have to arrest him and, and keep him for a while. And then, you know, then that leaves my uh, story open for all kinds of danger. Well, I was, the book was needed to be turned into my publisher in about a week. And I had it almost all the way written. And I thought, well, I better just double check with Joe. So I called him up, explained what was going on. And he goes, Greta, you, you, the police can't keep that guy. You either got it. That's, a, that, that's absurd. They cannot keep him. You either have to bring right in more evidence against him there's got to be something like this is all circumstantial there's got to be more and you got to let him out of jail well i had to let him out of jail so i burned his house down so that i could get him out of the way put him in the hospital for a couple of days and you know and um so i had to rewrite the whole final third of like in a week Wow. And I, I can tell you, I barely got dressed. My poor mm -hmm. husband and my son, they'd look in the refrigerator. I'd look at them and go, Taco Bell, it's right down the block. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I did nothing but write until I got that squared away. But mm -hmm. So I have learned to talk to Joe sooner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's one of the things is um, my, my first book was very procedure heavy. Um, and I wanted to represent cop work very authentically. And as my writings progressed, I have worked, I think, a much greater balance between authenticity and reader expectations. And I, I wonder how you go about working down that balance beam. Well, I think I'm probably heavily uh, off balance on the other side. I went straight to reader expectation and kind of then kind of went, oh, I have to be authentic. <laughs> it was a complete opposite of you. Um, I was in, um, I've been, I've worked in magazines most of my, my earlier career and um, I did uh, write for entertainment magazines. So I wrote a lot of articles. I was the walking dead girl for zombies magazine wow. and i love the walking dead and um you know i did a lot of writing about movies and entertainment so i very much had that and i read uh, avid reader so i very much had that uh under my um under my belt and then in terms of um i, I also was a uh, I have a degree in physical fitness and I was a personal trainer. So I took a lot of anatomy classes. I took a lot of kinesiology, physiology. I, I pretty, I, I have a good grasp on the human body and how it, how it can fall apart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that is, that's helpful. In fact, in mortuary school, um, the, the first scene in that book, she's in an anatomy class and it kind of opens with, oh, darn, the fetal pigs are on back order, so we're going to have to go look at Cadaver Mike, who's in the court, the case at the back of the room. Well, that actually happened to me in a college anatomy class. That we walked in, and the instructor said, "Oh, the fetal pigs are on back order, so let's go look at the <laughs> the cadaver that we've been playing with for the past ten years." You know, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so you can play with some of some of those things from accuracy, but when it comes to the police 
actual policing, I just go to the experts because I, I you know, that's completely out of my uh, um, personal experience. Now, on a somewhat related note, in going through um, your background and your website and your writings, you absolutely ooze positivity and encouragement. <laughs> and, but, you know, but much like one of, one of our other dead set authors, Dan Petrosini, and uh, both of you write crime and murder. And I, I wonder how you, how you balance that out. I, you know, that is such a funny thing because I have noticed going to writers conferences and all of those things, the nicest people are <laughs> horror writers and thriller writers and people mm -hmm. who kill people on the page. Yeah. And then, but like, watch out for the romance writers. No, just kidding. Romance writers. I could say Mostly. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> um, but you know what? I, I kind of think that we, we all want to face our fears vicariously if possible. Mm -hmm. And so I think I do, I'm doing that in writing like, um, I, of course, as a woman, I, I am afraid of bad guys. I'm afraid of kidnapping. I'm afraid of um, random murderers and serial killers and all those kinds of things. So I think having a character go through something I would never want to go through, mm -hmm. but it is a fear of mine and come out the other side. Um, a stronger, better person and alive because <laughs> mm -hmm. none of my main characters ever die. Uh, so just spoiler alert for any <laughs> of your listeners. Yeah. I, I know I don't kill dogs. I don't kill children and I oh. don't kill my main characters. No, I think those are death nails in, in a, in a writer's coffin. And uh, yeah, I, I had, don't remember ever reading a book or a scene about a dog dying, but I distinctly remember watching a movie. I can't even tell you what the name of the movie was, but I distinctly remember watching a movie where the bad guy kills a dog. And I, I can't tell you if that was, I, I know it was very early in the movie and I know I'd immediately shut it off. Yeah. I just, oh, my husband loves old yeller. I wouldn't mm -hmm. watch old yeller if you paid me. <laughs> like, no way. Yeah. Oh. Where the red fern grows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You don't, you don't. In fact, in my, second book the uh, scent of wrath mm -hmm. i i i had a dog get poisoned and it was a, a yappy dog that was annoying mm -hmm. so i thought maybe i could get away with it immediately my publisher my editor mm -hmm. they all came back and went no yeah. <laughs> do not kill this i'm like okay okay he'll just get sick and we'll bring him back because he was poisoned so i was like mm -hmm. we'll have him make it like but so yeah we had to bring him back to life even the little yappy dog yeah, that was one of the things. I, I don't know if you've seen the the John Wick series, um, but that was one of the things that really did amaze me. Um, that they did include the death of a dog in in that series, and they did it in such a way that it made you want to keep watching to make sure the bad guys got theirs. And oh, I, never I haven't seen before. it. Yeah. Mm, I haven't seen that series. Um, I'm reading a, a book by. Pamela Fagan Hutchins mm -hmm. right now, yeah, she's which I'm, yeah. oh gosh, and I'm loving this book. It's uh, her first book in the, 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 the series that was written kind of for her father, the one about the doctor set mm -hmm. back in the seventies. Yeah. And uh, the bad guys just killed a horse. Oh. And I'm like, oh, Pamela, 
I don't know. <laughs> this is rough. They killed a horse. I'm yeah. hoping that by the end of the book, we'll find out it was saved somehow. But yeah, kind of kind of rough. Yeah, and uh, I think that there are you know there are only a few areas where um, collectively the audience seems to agree on some things that are out of bounds. Um, but that leaves an awful lot of room for us to play in the rest of the human experience and relate the things we know, the things we fear individually and collectively to kind of have this mutual escape for a little bit through fiction, right? I really think that's a wonderful gift. Oh, yes, I agree. With your other works, I know um, this uh, mortuary school beginning this new series for you obviously isn't the only thing that you have going on. What else are you writing on right now that readers can look forward to? Well, I'm actually uh, in the plotting phase of the final book in my Seven Deadly Sins series. Um, it's going to be the something of pride. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what. Uh, um, so I'm writing pride and I'm uh, kind of excited and a little nervous about this one because I'm going to venture, all the other books are set in Southern California, where I live, mostly Southern Orange County, even where I live. And in this book, it will definitely start there. My main character is from there, but I'm going to follow her husband up into Big Bear. I wanted to do something in the snow and something maybe a little lost in the woods kind mm -hmm. of a, a, a thriller, which is yeah. a, little diff a little different for me. And um maybe throw a mountain lion in. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. <laughs> One of the things that I, I like to do on this show um, is to, to end our, uh, our episodes with a bit of a hypothetical. And I, I wonder, Greta, first, God forbid it should ever come to pass, but I, I wonder if you were to wake up tomorrow and find that you had been murdered and you could assign two fictional investigators, assassins, or revenge artists to your own homicide. I wonder who you would pick aside from your own characters. So I actually heard you ask this question to some of your other guests, but you only asked them for one. So I have one. But I know I was thinking Pendergast, oh, which he is, is such a great character. I yeah. know. I love yeah. him. And I love all those books uh, by Preston and Childs. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, oh. so intuitive. And Yeah, they, they are some of my favorite guests to have on the show. Um, it's uh, been a, a lot of fun talking to them about that character and how they went about creating all of his eccentricities. I, I absolutely love, I, I read every you know, every time a, a, you know, a new Pendergast book comes out, I'm like, I'm on it. I'm the fan girl. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would definitely want Pendergast in my camp. And then I feel like I should also have Anna Pigeon because she's such an outdoorsy woman and she's such a badass. Can I say that on your show? Absolutely. You can say anything okay. you want. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's from the um, uh, Anna Pigeon, who's uh, Nevada Bar's character, and she is a park ranger, and she is, you know, she's great. 
I would definitely want to read the story of how Anna Pigeon and Pendergast interact and, <laughs> and what <laughs> that task force looks like. They are so different. Mm-hmm. Like they're so different that I, it would be interesting to, um, yeah, it would be very interesting to see because uh, Anna Pigeon is very earthy and physical and, you know, she's this park ranger and she's always getting scrappy and, um, and Pendergast is so ethereal and intellectual, and yes. it would be fun to see those two oh, operate. Now, where can readers connect with you and find um, info on your releases, on your stories, uh, email list, uh, blog? How can they? How can they find you? Well, the easiest way is to go to gretaboris.com. My name is Greta, G-R-E-T-A, only one T, and Boris, just like Boris Karloff. And um, I have a free novella on there for anybody who signs up for my reader community. Uh, It's called Escape Room. It's a lot of fun about a mother and a little girl who go to a Victorian murder-themed escape room. And, of course, somebody actually dies. Um, So that's a lot of fun. And... uh, I don't blog a lot, but I do occasionally, and um, you know. But that's where you'll find most most things about me. I'm also on Facebook at Greta Boris, and Twitter at Greta Boris, and I have an Instagram account, but I really have not been there in a year. <laughs> it's a New Year's resolution that I have to change the whole Instagram thing, but I'm not there right now. I also have a business for writers on writing. It's called Author Wheel. And you can uh, take an author personality test, which uh, we got talked about on the uh, Selmer Book Show. That was my big, our big claim to fame on the author personality mm-hmm. test for free on the website. And we have one course up on Udemy called Publish, Take Charge of Your Author Career, and a book of the same name. And uh, we're working on starting a free webinar series uh, in 2021. So uh, if any of your listeners are interested in in checking that out, you can find uh, find me at authorwheel.com also. Well, I am so grateful for your time and coming on the show, Greta. It's wonderful to to hear your Uh, your expertise and your perspective on all this. And uh, I know that there's going to be quite a few folks in the audience who, who find some, some inspiration and some helpful tools here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gavin. You've been listening to Writers on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters, a copyrighted broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and this episode's guest has been bestseller Greta Boris. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Be safe out there. Thank you.